and the following broadcast is for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey folks, you're listening to a morning cup of Joe. I got my uh, good old creamer to the right of me here, Sean Wade. Sean Wade, say hello. Hey everybody. So, Sean, it's been a cool minute. We had you on in episode two uh, with our fun little party at Joe's. It's, yeah, that, uh, that was a good time. time. Yeah, right. It uh, definitely went a little uh, awry, but... Well, uh, I personally blame your uh, Latina girlfriend for uh, giving me lots of margaritas. <laughs> yeah, she does that sometimes. That's why she's our executive producer. Love you. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, so, we discussed some fantasy football during that one that uh, we were going to be starting up the league. We just had our draft. We did indeed. Uh, we have our new trophy, which will you admit is glorious. It's epic. It's epically big. It's like it's like 10 feet high. <laughs> Frankly, if it wasn't for the fact that the Flint Michigan Mega Bowl was already taken, that's what it would be called. Fourth place. Fourth place, Jackie. Frankly, I'm still tempted to get a bigger trophy just for fourth place in particular. Just to be that weird, random like trophy. The cannon's like, gonna shoot off. I tell you, <laughs> it that, might that, be it might be the shape of a cannon. I don't know. That that cannon hasn't gone off since like the Civil War. I'm thinking it's a replica. It's gonna shoot off. Okay, it's trophy's gonna be ten feet high. <laughs> so yeah, so we had we did our draft. Uh, you and I had the dubious honor of drafting ninth and tenth oh. at, in a ten man league. Yeah, that was a little rough. I'm not gonna lie. Um. I'm in two fantasy football leagues. Sean, how many are you in? Six. That's an insane <laughs> amount of leagues. That's uh, too many. You know how many uh, are uh, French Vanillas in? Goose egg. Goose egg. None. Because yeah. he doesn't understand sports? Yeah. I mean, he gets some. I really feel like if it was a true fantasy league, he probably would dominate it. He would just pick like the most random athletes. Yeah, if you weren't allowed to use like the starters or something like that, something tells me, yeah, he would kill us all in this. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's definitely something I think he would do well in. Or have the most random of uh, of like you know stats, like the most punts done. Yeah, it would just be really bizarre. But um, I will say I felt pretty confident with the team I drafted. Um, some better than others. I'm still on the fence if I start Winston over Wentz. Uh, I would personally. I mean, it's been it's been a back and forth. I I've been debating on it. You're, you're talking about one of the highest you know scoring games this week at least slated according to vegas yeah i think winston's gonna have a huge game i i gotta go with the gut i'm gonna go with winston i've been going back and forth all week you know it's not coming on the ground yeah because well, who's gonna run it in peyton barber yeah that's true <laughs> um i hope that uh julio jones does uh some good work for me you know it, it has to be tough you, you know? know there's still a possibility he doesn't play this week though right mm, i think he'll play I don't know if he's going to do huge. I have him and Diggs both uh, starting for me. Wow, you are in a world of trouble if that goes sideways. I know. If, uh, <laughs> I'm either going to have a ton of points or none. Um, you know, the backup is going with Sammy Watkins. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely going to be a gamble. We'll see. Watkins, who's either going to see uh, Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Boye. Yeah, man. This is where I'm at. This this is where I'm at. Man, this I mean, is a week one nightmare for dude, you. Week one, I mean, granted, I still got my luck and futz with uh, with Lutz uh, as my kicker, and I'm I'm doing Denver because they're against Oakland, and just the tomfoolery that they've been having to deal with on the off uh, on the off field. It's just it's not worth it for them to really be in the mindset to try to take on Denver. I think Denver has a good game. 
about to say, but they are in Oakland. If this was in Denver, I actually would go full in with you on this one, but I, I have my reservations. I think Here's the reason why I think Denver still does well in Oakland. That's a city that is already halfway out on the Raiders because they know they're moving. I'm not even going that direction with the crowd and all mm-hmm. that. I'm talking these guys are at least at home. Yeah. They're not having the stresses of being on the road and being stuck with that drama queen. But the drama queen is doing it at home. It doesn't even matter that they're like on yeah, the road. Yeah, but doing I it. I think it would be easier if you're on the road because then at least you could go to your hotel room and get away from it. When you're at home, it's, yeah, every day I'm going into practice dealing with that. That has to be a mindset that's not, it's just not conducive. I think we've all had jobs to where you've had that like one employee that you're just like, oh, just shut up, Antonio Brown. No one wants you here. And you just have to put up with it because you know he's a high producer, but just literally toxic. Well, and I'm still pretty sure the only reason he even tried to apologize today was because he knew $30 million in guaranteed money was about to go out the window. Yeah, and you don't want to risk it. It's just not worth it. But And let's face it, the Oakland Raiders are now the new Cleveland Browns and the fact that if they don't want you, no one wants you. Yeah, and that's pretty sad when you look at it. But and you know what's sad is even a few years ago, like Khalil Mack, David Carr, all these guys that they had through the draft just going, oh, we're going to build around them. We're going to make a team. They make it to the playoffs after like a almost, what, 17-year drought? Since that Super Bowl, I yeah. believe. And they make it, and everyone's like, oh, man, yeah, 12-4. and four. We made the first round of playoffs. They're a young team. And the only uh, so they let's lost blow is, it up. It's like and the only reason they lost because freaking Carr broke his uh, leg. Yeah. yeah, and literally, if Carr is healthy and they keep Khalil Mack, that that's a beast of a team. Beast of a team on both sides. No, instead, now let's see. Khalil Mack is now a Bear. Amari Cooper is now a Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Amari Cooper was a, like pretty much just the last straw for them. Of they didn't have a chance to really keep it going. But I don't know for fantasy football. It'll be interesting. I got David in the first week. Who do you got? I do have uh, Rebecca. All right. She drafted fairly well. For an auto draft. Yeah, for an auto draft and being uh, at a at a concert, she drafted fairly well. Yeah, we're not going there on the concert thing. We all know the commissioner's uh, feelings on that one. Yeah. But I think overall, the league should be good. I play my brother in week two, so that'll be fun. Who do I have in week two? I, don't, I haven't even looked that far ahead. This is this is my mindset, people. I don't look get that one far game ahead. at a time. Oh, even better! I am against uh, my brother-in-law, aka Vinegar Strokes. Woo! Yeah, good old Timmy. Um, by the way, we did give you that warning that there is mature content in this. So, any of the titles of our teams, just know it's a fantasy football league. None of them are going to be a, that appropriate. I feel uh, like mine are pretty tame, though. I'll say, I, I mean, mine mine's pretty tame. I'm I'm stairway to Evans. Yeah, mine is uh, your girlfriend's favorite. Uh, a change up from last year's of your mom's favorite, where I used uh, my sweet dear baby Ellie in uh, the uh, in the photo of the mascot for our team. This year, it is my nephew Jackson who is chilling with my Latina girlfriend uh, in the photo, and hence uh, your uh, girlfriend's favorite. So, hopefully, that works. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes down. About to say, I mean, all of mine are. You- Pretty much make, trying to make me laugh while, while I'm doing this, so at least I can yeah. laugh about something. And so I got, you know, Cook some Taco Bell. Nice. Got, got Dalvin Cook and uh, Le'Veon Bell. So, That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, turn your head and goff. Yeah, classic. Stop, collaborate, and mixin'. Ah, nice. Uh, the Crab Leg Bandit. Ooh. Yeah, that's right. My starting quarterback, Jamie Winston, yep. in that one. And then Fornetication. Yeah. <laughs> 
dream of fornication. I like how he got that one. Mm-hmm. But I say, as you notice, there's a fair amount of those that are song related here. Yeah, no, they're good. They're, they're pretty solid and they're always puns. You gotta, you and, gotta and, have fun with the Admittedly, uh, one of them was almost cup, uh, cup your chub. <laughs> I wanna, one of them, I wanted it to be um, out of luck. Where uh, Andrew, because Andrew Luck retired and everything, I just thought it would have been hilarious of a name. Um, but there's a yeah, pop in a chub for Nick Chubb's always a funny one. Uh, turn left in golf, and a lot of fun pun related ones. Um, all I do is Winston. Yeah, you know. I'd say there there are some epic some names are up. kind of limited was, though because you only get so many characters. Uh, that's why you notice my stop collaborate mixing. There's a stop sign. Yep. So yeah, the, one, the one I wanted, and I have mm-hmm. this guy in almost every one of my leagues, and I cannot do it because they will not give me enough characters, is Josh Jacobs Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, yeah, that's uh, it's one of those stories. I feel like you get limited with uh, the characters. But overall, I think fantasy football is a great outlet. It's a great way to, you know, develop friendships and to keep friendships going. Sometimes, you know, you don't see people for a while. They stay in the league. People move. People have families. People have kids. My brother had a kid recently. David had a kid recently. I just got a puppy. We adopted. You know, it wasn't birth. You know, so... Said puppy is either going to sleep or glaring at you. I'm not yeah, quite sure which. She, she makes those stay. She knows. <laughs> she likes being talked about. Um, but now, so I think there's a lot of changes. You changed your job, you know, since the last, uh, yeah, last yeah. season. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of big things. I know Rebecca's looking to make a change on her work stuff. So, you know, it's a lot of opportunities that are out there for people to be making changes in life. But fantasy football kind it's of a, it's a constant that brings us constant, together. Yeah, it brings us together on draft day and throughout 16 weeks of uh, of the year, which if you think about it, it's a good budget. That's like a good like chunk of the quarter year. of the year is dedicated for us just to literally just bust each other's balls yeah and talk about a game that literally none of us play because we're not physically equipped to be able to do what they do on well, we will criticize weekend. the hell out of them mm-hmm. yeah it's like oh he couldn't complete that 40 yard pass to my wide receiver when he was getting tackled by a 300 pound man oh well looks what like a, he's getting a whip <laughs> what a waste benching him next week guys no, so it's, it's funny. You see, like, a bunch of out-of-shape dudes literally gambling on some of the best physically fit men in the world competing in a game that could be played by five-year-olds. About to say, I mean... Not healthy-wise. Let, let's but. face it. Your, av- your average fantasy footballer looks like Fat Thor in Endgame. Yeah, and we appreciate it, and it's, it's a good thing. But to transition from professional sports and what we've been talking about, LeBron James came out. That's right. LeBron James ended up coming out supporting a California Senate bill. That's right. He supported 206. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. And as well as it's the right thing to do. Let's talk about protecting and paying these college athletes finally. You know, just out of principle, I'm going to have to take the opposite side. That's of fine. But we need we'll a get, devil's advocate we'll here. We'll get into it. <laughs> So hopefully we can try to meet in the middle there. But you guys stay tuned. That was Fantasy Corner. And uh, welcome to uh, Morning Cup of Joe. Let's get this hot cup. Boom. All right. Welcome back, folks. So uh, as we alluded before the break, uh, it's the right thing to do, right, Sean? Paying these uh, and protecting these college athletes? Uh, I'm going to say no. All right. So I'm going to give you the recent news of what I've been able to uh, receive uh, through transcripts and what i've researched so 
Assembly member Chris Holden. Uh, he uh, represents uh, the Assembly District there in California. Uh, drafted a bill recently called uh, Collegiate Athlete Student Athlete Bill of Rights. Uh, and it passed through the California Legislative Assembly floor and will be headed to the governor's desk. Uh, this bill could mark a watershed moment uh, for the treatment of collegiate athletes with the NCAA. Now, the author of the bill addressed this concern and for assembly consideration that student athletes are faced with a tremendous challenge as they balance the demands of practice, a game schedule, and a full-time coursework. These athletes are also expected to maintain a strict code of conduct dictated by more than just their coaches or schools, but by the NCAA. Even as these high expectations are maintained, the performance of athletes earn recognition or funding for the schools. But athletes need more than that to just be paid attention towards. The bill addresses longstanding issues concerning the treatment of student athletes. Now, here are the three major focuses that they have clearly laid out through this bill. Now, in AB 1573, the College Student Athlete Bill of Rights they want to authorize schools to establish a degree completion funds. So that means if you graduate, you'll be able to receive funds throughout lasting those four years, more than just a degree, but that you earn some funds for it. Uh, secondly, that it directs schools to develop, post, and disseminate specified information regarding existing student athletes' rights. So that means when you sign your NLA, your National Letter of Intent, that you actually have some information given to you, a nice little, you know, hey, welcome to being a college athlete. It's going to be hell for the next four years. Um, and then three, that it prohibits schools from retaliating against student athletes who report violations of student athletes' rights. So that means they can't come back at you like the NCAA and the school can't say, how dare you be a whistleblower against all the bad things we've been doing for the past hundred years, you stupid athlete, you. Um, which I think is good. I think that the University of California Student Association had it right, that this legislation requires colleges, universities, and college athletic organizations, <clears throat> NCAA, to provide college athletes protection for their physical, emotional, financial, and academic well-being. Now, certainly, these players do not have a recourse of, as of now to express the ser serious complaints about their athletic programs without fear of retribution. So pretty much what this beer is, this bill is telling them is that yes, it requires yes, the NCAA and school to treat students with the respect that they deserve and make sure that every athlete has the same advantage as all of the other students. Now, the example that I always kind of bring up with this is if you're an athlete and you get injured on the field, on the court, you know, out there practicing, there's other on the track. There's a lot of circumstances in which it affects your ability to do things um, like learning. However, there's no way of actually receiving any money from that. You can't sue them for saying, uh, you know, workplace injury. And there's really no tort law because, well, unfortunately, that's the liability of sports is when you get in sports, injuries may happen. Things happen like that. Well, not so, to mention you're dealing with amateurs here. Well, and that's always the, the constant struggle is you're a student athlete, so student comes first. However, it's a really fucking hard time to learn as a student if you have a concussion from getting tackled really hard by the Ohio State defensive lineman who's going pro next year. 
Ah, fair enough point, but there's still a few things in there that, while I agree with some, there are others I can't help but kind mm. of immediately go, the wording can be immediately construed and start used against them by the NCAA. Yes. So you have those 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 athletes that uh, let's go let's go with uh, the basketball programs because yes. they're the most notorious. For oh them. yeah, certainly one and done. Yeah, well, especially like if you look at certain athletes, we could even go back to the '90s without a one and done. Um, for a prime example of Shaquille O'Neal, I think a lot of people understood that LSU was clearly shelling out some dollars to you're, make what, sure. What you're telling that me, Shaq was. wasn't this altruistic uh, player who loved his college and wanted to get a degree. I think that well, first of all, I didn't get a degree from LSU until uh, after. When I'm he, well aware yeah. of that. I'm just saying, like he came, he went back, um, but I think weirdly went back. To yeah, like middle he has of like a season. He has like a doctorate now. Um, but no, Shaquille's definitely. No, no, he's not a doctorate because we would he would be making people call him Doctor Shaq. He more does s- more specifically. He'd be reminding Charles Barkley of that every single. No, he day. has a PhD. Look it up. Shaquille O'Neal has a PhD. I know. Why is he not making Charles do that? I because you want to know why, man? Because he's in the Hall of Fame and won a championship. He's a class act. Um, but no, so I think it's when you look at it. Yes, the one and duns are certainly an example of pretty much how the NCAA profits. I mean, but at the same time, NCAA profits off of March Madness for an entire month. They have an entire month dedicated to pretty much just getting as much money off of the NLI of these student athletes. And if they get hurt and their pro career goes away, what do they fall back on? Well, we gave them a free education. But really, half of these students, some of them don't even meet the requirements. And we have seen through the college admission scandal that came out recently about other students who are more affluent getting to go to universities, some even in Ivy Leagues, that clearly are not qualified to be there. Pretty sure a couple of them couldn't read. Yeah. So ultimately, when we worry about things like this, or we look at it in an altruistic way, is it really that bad to let student-athletes have some rights? Some rights, yes. The straight argument of funds being diverted to, you know, to pay them. Well, we're going to get into that. but That is where I believe you're, you're going to see this the NCAA is, let's face it, they're, they're the Disneyland of, of, of academics here where they own everything. Yeah, well, they they are pretty much, they control all of college athletics. And I think when we look at it, when it comes to politics and af- college athletics, at least, it's as classic as an American as apple pie. It always goes hand in hand. The rules for football, for college football changed because of FDR going Oh, 18 people died playing this game? Yeah, we need to change the rules, guys. Maybe not have it be always a ground attack and everyone just ramming into each other. Maybe we, I don't know, pass the ball. Wait, hold up. We're not playing rugby anymore? Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) I don't know what we're doing with this. Wait, so you're telling me this leather helmet doesn't protect me at all? (laughs) It's just so insane that these are the situations in which we're in. And, you know, we look at it that there's really no recourse for them. And I always bring up the workplace injuries is because if I were to work at like the bookstore, I climb up, you know, a ladder and I fall off the ladder. I'm getting unemployment. I'm getting I'm going after the people who work that bookstore and they're going to shell out the money. Why? Because I'm a paid employee. But since these guys aren't paid and are amateur athletes, if they get injured, there's no way of protecting them. And I think it's something we need to consider. It's something that we need to give them at least 
some rights toys. Some rights, yes. I, I think it's going to be hard enough just to get that, let alone the, yeah. the full Monty that I, is what I always end up hearing. It, cause yeah. it, it, and it always feels like it, you know, the, the old story of if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. It never stays with that one thing, and I believe that's why the NCAA is going to try and just squash this as hard as they can. Well, and they're going to come back at it hard, and then this transition. So I think that this is a nice precursor to what we're going to get into. Um, LeBron James has referred to this bill as a game changer. That's right. According to the Sacramento Bee Capital Alert, LeBron James went out on his Twitter account writing the following. College athletes can responsibly get paid for what they do and the billions they create. Now, this is he's urging his followers to call California lawmakers to express their support for the measure of SB 206. Um, that bill has been authored by Senator Skinner and Senator Bradford. Uh, the bill has focused on student-athlete compensation and representation. So it goes a little bit beyond just paying the athletes. It also incorporates them having professional representation, such as sports agents, in relations to college athletics. Now, I don't see this as a bad thing. I think when it boils down to it, the compensation for name and image or likeness, the NIL, of what they've been facing. And we we are very familiar with this being a UCLA basketball fan. You're very familiar yep. with O'Bannon. Um, and then you have Alston, who also brought this case recently. And the rulings from the courts were as follows. All student-athletes' benefits must be tied directly to education purpose only. Now, they didn't rule out the fact that they can pay these student-athletes. In the O'Bannon case, they actually wanted to give $5,000 for those who were harmed by this. It also took away us having awesome EA sports games with the NCAA title, like NCAA March Madness, NCAA football. And there's been a cry outcry for those in the esports world wanting those games back, wanting to have an opportunity to have an updated version of that. Honestly, man, those were the only sports games I really played. Yeah, I think EA sports really kind of monopolized that market too. I'm pretty sure that's why EA has been so hardcore and trying to build everything else because they lost that entire market. Yeah, and it's so unfortunate. And when you look at it, Madden doesn't change too much. And then their NBA Live, the one beautiful thing that they had going for NBA Live was that you were able to transition your NCAA March Madness guys to the NBA Live version. Once that went away, now you have NBA 2K and all these other evolutions and I'm going to use air play. quotes here of evolution. Yeah, I mean, it's the same damn game with slightly better graphics. They, yeah, they just games. add more sweat to each player. That's all they and do. And the hairlines recede a little more. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it grows back. You know, it has like a really weird resurgence. Um, but no, and you just never know with this stuff with uh, the and and so I, I point something out real fast that I know will get brought up at some point. Yeah. by the NCAA. Yes. The main spokesman for this is LeBron James. Yeah, who's what? never been a collegiate say, athlete. Remind me again, what college did that guy? Oh, to? and that's that's so that's always the constant struggle. It's like, is LeBron James really the best guy to come out about this? Because one. No invested interest. You've never played for a college. He said, oh, well, if I were to have gone to a college, I would have gone to Ohio State. Well, tell that to the guy who gave your mom an Escalade and made that not possible. Uh, yeah, pretty sure you made the right choice by going to Cleveland. So, and that's the thing. I also think that the draft is kind of a really effed up way on how things go. Well, because I still maintain either the rule that I felt like should yeah. be set up is either let them, you know, let them come 
straight out of high school, or if they mm-hmm. choose not to and go to college, they have to stay like a minimum of like three years. Yeah. I think that's a fair, fair assessment because on how it works. decimating programs with well, one and done. Oh yeah. And with one and done, it just confuses also because you're not even earning an AA at that point. If you do one year at college, even if you go in with college credits from high school, you may have a semester's worth. But if you do one year, so you have a year and a half, you're not even anywhere near an associate in arts degree. So you literally have what is equivalent to a high school diploma and some college. What do you plan on doing after you're going to have to go back to school? You might as well just write it out. But I get it. Like if someone were to, you know, put, hey, here's millions of dollars in front of you and you're from a low income to middle income lifestyle growing up. And that's your way out. Take the chances. Do it. Um, now, here's some of the statistics that's really going to blow your mind. The NCAA president, Mark Emeritt. I'm probably never going to get hired by the NCAA now, so totally digging this in. I was about to say, man, should we have flipped roles here? No, nah, we're fine. <laughs> he made over $3 million in salary just last year. And this is public knowledge, so I'm probably not going to be too affected by this. Uh, you're still bringing it up. Um, But while any athletes who put their bodies on the line struggle to make ends meet, they're earning billions of dollars at the NCAA. Universities are earning millions of dollars, whether it be through advertisement, whether it be through TV deals or ticket sales off of these student athletes. And well, not counting the alumni uh, donations. And yeah, so you do have some, but it's it's very profitable and probably the only time in many athletes' lives that they can actually be profitable off of their name, image, and likeness. How often are we more familiar with college athletes such as Manziel, Fournette when he would at, was at LSU, um, you know, Pretty much almost half of like LSU had like really want to get Odell Beckham Jr. Anyone ever heard Kawhi Leonard's name was in March Madness playing for San Diego, yeah, or even for Stephen Curry when he was playing for Davidson, yeah. I mean, these these tournaments and 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 playoffs and all the bowl games, it is huge, it's a huge generating deal, it earns millions of billions of dollars and for the universities, millions. And meanwhile, we have student athletes who struggle having to be penalized for accepting groceries or even just a little bit of help from a coach for rent. And we can't like see and I feel like by, by following the rule I stated mm-hmm. of you know, minimum three years, yes. you can standardize and start setting this up properly. Mm-hmm. You get these one and done's and all of a sudden it still looks shady and how mm-hmm. they're trying to keep people. There. Yes. Well, and I think the way we look at it is if you do AB 1573 and SB two, Oh, six combined together, what you would have is a complete bill, a complete way of assisting by protecting and paying these college athletes. You would have the ability for them to unionize by having a bill of rights that they can organize under. They would have the opportunity of being able to earn money and be able to actually pay those dues for the unions that they could have. And it could be conducted by the NCAA. And now, Jose con Efe, paga su café. Buddies by Joseph. Are you looking to get yourself back in shape? 
That's right. Well, then you might be interested in following Joseph Holper on Instagram, where you can get all the insight for Buddies by Joseph. And don't just take my word for it as being one of the uh, proud sponsors and also uh, one of the only people using Buddies by Joseph. <laughs> but uh, Christina's just started her first week of Buddies by Joseph. And uh, well, let's, uh, let's kick it to her on what her responses have been. That's right, folks. I don't call her the best co-commentator in the league for nothing. Uh, you know, she's speechless. That's how good it is. So maybe if you guys want to get in better shape, you can use Buddies by Joseph. Brought to you off of Joseph Hopper IG. So sorry about that, like, abrupt break that we had to have. We had uh, at the studio here. So for those of you who don't know, we record in our living room because... We like to keep it casual, you know. We like uh, Casa de Arkea Holper, and uh, you know it's an easy way for me to keep an eye on uh, Gracie Joe, and you know for Christina to feel at home and participate with this stuff. So, oftentimes we get some knocks on the door, and it just so happened that we had a student athlete knock on our door requesting to uh, try to raise money for some uh, jerseys for his uh, basketball team. So uh, yeah, so. Uh... We didn't give him any money because I think it's a scam. That happened to us prior last season in episode three, oddly enough, as well. Were um, we talking about this? Yeah, I think too? we were. And we're like, I think it's a scam. Like, I'm straight up thinking. I'm like, first of all, basketball season doesn't start for, like, another, like, three months for, like, any level. So unless if they're joining that intramural league team that we're going to be in at the end of September, which I'm not paying for their jerseys. We don't even have enough money to pay for our jerseys. I gotta like figure out if we have like a you know Ducksworth that's gonna be willing to donate for our team. You know, just Emilio Estevez, you guys. I mean, the Mighty Ducks never let him down when he got him new jerseys. I'm just saying, we need to win this year. We just need a win this year. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's but and it goes back to it like for athletes being able to get paid. See if that athlete got paid, he'd be able to pay for those jerseys. Um, but I don't know. To be fair. That athlete, like these athletes, I'm pointing at ourselves here. Yeah. Uh, we don't exactly sell the tickets either. We <laughs> no really one, don't. No one wants to come watch us unless it's people that know us or, or in case of uh, your, your girlfriend that's dating you, yeah. to laugh at us because it's going to be hilariously bad. Dude, you think <laughs> that her dating me stops her from laughing at me? That's a joke in and of itself. Spending time out of her day to come watch and then laugh, yes. Yeah, well, she's bringing our daughter. That's, that's, so that's, that's, that's the that, biggest that's, key. That's effort, man. It is. It's one, and it's uh, especially for half of our team being dads. Um, I really wish that we would have decided on dad bods for our team what name. Did we decide on we're uh, team no chemistry. About to say, I, I, I remember voting for that one, and also what was it my uh, my knees and back or something like. Oh that? yeah, um, which I felt appropriate considering yeah, I currently have yeah. hurt knee. knee. Knees and back problems. Which I, so here's the thing: we joined an intramural basketball league. A lot of the same guys who play in our fantasy football league are on the team. A few assorted members that are also buddies of uh, other guys, but our core base is pretty much those in the league and friends and close family. Um, so it's my brother, Sean, who's pretty much equivalent to a brother. And then I have David, who's uh, an extended brother of our family as well, and his own brother. So Our uh, star players. It's yeah, it's definitely he's he's definitely it's I feel like at any given but time say, he is coming back, right? We we do yes. have our Kobe. Yes, he's gonna be coming back. Um he definitely honestly, I just like passing the ball to him. We had a nice little like 
Stockton Malone thing going there for a while oh, with the getting assists. I, I remember walking up the court watching mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah, we <laughs> we actually played it fairly well. He would set good screens for me, and I would have opportunities to score, but he would get open, and I'd be able to drop it in. Um, I hope that David's worked on his shot a little bit. It's it's a it it's like a Sean Marion shot to where you watch it and you're like, there's no way that's going in, and it goes in. It just it just threw it threw me off so much because I passed to him and be like, I don't know how he's gonna show. Oh, oh, that's how he shoots it because sometimes it would look like he was passing it because so I would go the best up. Best way I could describe it is his shot is a combination of three players: Sean, Sean Marion. Then you have the leg kick out like uh, like Steph. Yes. And then here's the key part. You put it all together with Shaq's free throw. Because yeah. he's not so much to the side shooting where he's pushing the ball. He still has the one hand on it. Uh-huh. It just reminds me of how Shaq would shoot it. Yeah, it was. it's, a, it's an unorthodox shot. Tom still, uh, we were discussing about it on the fact that it uh, really comes down to like, my brother Steve and I were talking about this actually with my brother Tom in the league. And he's like, so is it like a pop and shoot type league? And then I mentioned to him, like, any league with Tom is a pop-and-shoot league. <laughs> He's not going to run. It's going to be, we walk up the ball, you and him somehow still trail, even when we're to walking fair, it up. I, I warned you guys going into last year, you're getting me running the court one way. Do you want me running on offense, or do you want me running on defense? We yeah. all agreed defense is where I was running. But it, made, it did work for us. It did pan out well. I'm hoping we start the season at the end of this month, so September 29th. It's, it, 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 we're playing me, on Sundays. It gives me some time to heal up a little bit. Yeah, you know, get get yourself ready. Um, I've been working out periodically. I feel like I'm in good enough shape to do well. Um, we'll see. I'm lighter. I will say that. <laughs> I think I've gained some. I think I have some uh, some post up weight now on me. I feel like because when we were doing the league last time, I was in that competition against Pat. So I was trying to lose so much. I was down to 150 pounds playing in the league. I was getting banged up down there, man. So this year, no weight loss challenge, man. It's just I got to stay healthy. I I remember last year going in the league, I was about 245. This Mm -hmm. year going in the league, I'm about solid uh, 230. Yeah, that's that's a solid. That's good. Good drop. And I think we're going to be ready. I think we know how like. We say we're team no chemistry, but I think we have some. We know we have an idea of what each other like to do. Yeah, like I know Tom likes to shoot from the free throw line. I know he's going to be a little laxed on D, but he could definitely get rebounds. You get rebounds. You're a little bit more aggressive on defense going after about blocks. Say, I, I, about to say, I get blocks and steals and rebounds yep. for you. Um, I think David and I are going to be better on – because I think, honestly, we could play man in a novice league and we'll be all right size-wise to man up. Except most of us are out of shape. We we were good for a solid five minutes, and then we fell apart. Well, and that's <laughs> – I hope that we have more timeouts than just the one per half. Um, I also hope we have more we'll guys see. than you know, the zero bench we had. Yeah, that was always tough when we would have, like, a shortened bench or, like – But I think we'll have or enough that guys that time where we didn't even have a full lineup. Yeah, we had we played four, four guys. guys. No, we ended up getting, like, five at the very end. Yeah, he showed up at the end. There was, like, five minutes left in the game. Yeah. He didn't show up at halftime. You know what's sad, though, is we stayed competitive in that game. I'm pretty sure that was primarily because they felt bad for us. Probably. They didn't <laughs> try as hard they as they probably could have. instead of around me after yeah. a certain point, and I had hurt my arm in that game, like, yeah, early on. So it, I played with one arm in the center. Yeah, no, it was, it was a weird league to be in. 
Especially that one overly zealous uh, fat guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, Geo. Yeah, we are never forgetting your name, Geo. Yeah, we see you again. You might die. That dude <laughs> straight up like was throwing elbows. At one point when I was shooting a three, he didn't even try to block it. He just ran into me. No, my favorite was you got you you going for a fast break and him pulling your ankles. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I was doing a layup, too. My mom was at that game, and she was like, Hey, mijo, are you okay? My mom high-fived me because of my reaction to that. Remember? Yeah. I... I, I I uh, use air quotes. Went yeah. for the ball and just punched him in the dick. Yeah, no, that <laughs> dude was such an asshole, man. And the refs didn't call. They him don't. For the oh, foul. yeah, that was the worst part of that league. I think I shot two free throws the whole season, and it was probably the most flagrant foul that I've ever had done to me since probably high school playing against I'm modern not sure day. Why I kept track of the fouls either because the refs straight told me in one of our games where we had no. Stuff, it didn't matter. They were like. Yeah, you're on foul like number seven right now. I'm like, shouldn't I be out? They're like, nah, you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't care. Um, that's why I'm kind of hoping that this uh, West Anaheim League is kind of the same, where it's just guys like, listen, man, this is pretty much straight up jungle ball, so just do what you will, and hopefully you, know, you if, score a lot. I would, I'd be better off knowing it was jungle ball. I went into that expecting like some organiz- organized ball. So a little bit of organized ball, but with guys that were very much – as out of shape as the rest of us, just want yeah. to take some jumpers, have some fun, be away from the family for a little bit type yeah. stuff. And no, that was straight blood sport. Yeah, some guys took it way too seriously. I'm like, dude, you get a t-shirt. I was bleeding ha- after how many games, man? Like, was I was taking a beating. You know what I've been center. looking into getting, though, is... uh Those boxing helmets? Not, no, <laughs> the, the headband. Because you had, like, a legit headband during the season. Yeah. And I'm literally debating on getting those because there was so many times I got I would, a whole new set for this year, man. Yeah, because it was so last many, year's the juju's not good. Yeah, if, well, <laughs> I'm, it's fine. I'll still rock it. I'm pretty sure I got good luck because I played well in that league. I just literally would get like banged around so often because of the. Oh, I, I got one just for you, but you got to wear the leggings with them. Oh, the weird crazy yeah, leggings. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so down for that. I, I got a nice blue one for you, buddy. For sure. No, I got some like legit like I honestly I got some crap for wearing those leggings for my mom. Oh, I saw on your Facebook. Yeah, my mom tried my to up. burn me on That's social media. She me- successfully yeah, burned you. On social media. She was trying to give me crap for wearing some leggings uh, during a basketball game. I did have shorts over it. It's not like I was just rocking <laughs> leggings. Like I wasn't like, all right, and now time for five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> to be fair, man, no one would want to have gone into your defense if you were just rocking straight that, leggings. Yeah. There was one game I did rock the short shorts <laughs> just for like a psychological edge. Um, but our jerseys are so ridiculously Sorry, big. I remember that game right Yeah, now. and the worst part is because our jerseys were so big that it looked like I wasn't wearing pants <laughs> if I had my jersey untucked. So I just yeah, we call we, we all thought you were wearing a dress that day. It was so like I was like, oh, now I know why I have to keep it tucked in. Like, but it was it was a fun game, but it was definitely one of those. I think this year we'll probably do a little differently. Uh, but it'll be good times. I think I'm going to go for the psychological edge again. I'm going to go some short shorts for one of our games. Um, we're rocking the white side of our jerseys every game, by the way, for the okay. psychological edge. I want them to think that, like, why are they always wearing white? Well, are you going with the bu- uh, the puzzles argument here? Yeah. Why is it named puzzles? That's the puzzle. That's the puzzle. All exactly. Right, so, all right. So you tell me the day you're going to do the sh- you're going to rock the short shorts. I'm going to. Bust out a pair of my old track shorts that still somehow fit, by the way. Dude, same. That's it. It's I'll, my I'm, track I'm, shorts. I'm going to bust out my old track shorts. These things are freaking tiny people. Yeah, man. I mean, the track, that's what I'm going to wear. My Nike track shorts. Um, I'll do it game one. I just want to start the season off with a bang. I'm going to let the guys know. Just shorts, 
that you know we don't like either go 1980s style or let's treat it like it's the 90s and it's super long. One like, or the other, no medium size shorts. Yeah, people. no, no regular size shorts. I want these guys to be very confused by our look. <laughs> I want us to look like we've never even met. Like we have no chemistry. Dun dun dun. <laughs> but no, I think it'll be a fun league. I'm excited for it. It's a way to keep in shape. I think that's the biggest thing, man. That I gotta find things. Kick, to keep that did kind of kick me off on losing weight and yeah. stuff. And then, uh, you know, the league's going to be going for, I think we get 10 weeks of games. Oh, goody. So uh, we pretty much start the last week of September, first week of October, because um, we start on the 29th of this month. And uh, I actually got to finish paying the dues. We have like 14 more days um, to pay at least our $100 fee. Um, but we're good. We're already organized. We got our team ready. All the stuff submitted. So... I'm excited for it. Plus, it's not too far of a drive to get to West Anaheim for all of us. I think. Yeah, so that's close. I think honestly, David and I have the longest drives to get out there, but it's a good venue. Parking's always really easy. Um, so if you guys have nothing to do on a Sunday afternoon, uh, you know, head on down to West Anaheim Youth Center uh, for the basketball gyms one and two. You want to see Team No Chemistry? Um, you know, look us up. We'll put out our our feelers for uh, when we have our games and you guys can watch us uh, play some cheesy basketball games. And then we'll talk about it on here, obviously. Yeah. That's going to be lots of fun people. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good times. So we got that fantasy football and uh, we're trying to keep you guys informed. We are going to be uh, maybe a uh, grouping together. Maybe uh, next year we'll go, uh, you know, petition for the NCAA. See if we can get our name likeness and image in some of those video games. <laughs> You know, team no chemistry, guys. I think we got a chance for uh for the NIT this year. I'll say I'm gonna be telling them my my fantastic stats. I mean, come on, man. I was averaging like 20 rebounds with like almost 10 you know blocks a game. Yeah, that seemed worthy of being in a video game. You know what's really hilarious though? Points wise, two. I averaged two, yes, with the rare three-pointer I made. Yeah, oh my god. That was the most random shot that went in, and I'm like, yeah, that seems about right. That's how this game's gone. Yeah. Trust me, I, I was more surprised you guys passed it to me at that point. That was usually – I think the only reason you guys passed it to me was because David's brother was straight exhausted. No, it's literally – I looked done, and you guys just like – I, I was open at the top. Yeah, and, both of us were exhausted. Like, we were just – I felt like during that season, half of the time I would leave games, and like David's brother, myself, and usually you because you would get fucking injured – like, we'd just be walking out like we just did a battle. Meanwhile, like, Tom's just like, all right, well, see yeah, you guys Tom next walked week. out way too energetic, man. Yeah, like, Tom walked out like he could have played two more games. That always bothered me. I say, and David would hustle. Even, but... even when I didn't get injured, man, I was still booking it back mm -hmm. every time. I was beating out freaking point yeah. guards who had, like, three steps on me. Yeah. I'd get in front of them. Have time to set my feet, block as I'm taking a charge. Yeah. Like, no, that's the worst part of like playing in some of these leagues is that it's really not like the best circumstances when it comes to where you're like, oh, well, I like playing organized basketball. Don't join an intramural league in Orange County. You're no. not going to get organized. What you're going to get is pretty much just pick up games with a ref. Where really, no, no, not even a ref, a dude wearing. Pretty chick. much just a guy from Foot Locker. I say either a dude or a chick wearing a damn striped shirt. Yeah, like there's really no person there regulating what's being done. I always tried to make friends with our refs. We did make friends with, with that one guy. Yeah, he was pretty cool. He was that dude. was like the one game where we actually had like reasonable rules. Yeah, and like actual calls being done where he was like, all right, guys, come on. Like, 
Um, but obviously, there was never a point where I felt like in danger in any games. Oh, I call BS on that one. I felt in danger a couple of those games. I see. I I think mentally, I just go in with that like Mike Singletary approach of like somebody hit somebody. No, no, man. See, you were way I view it is. You were fast, you were mobile, you were a point guard. Yeah. I'm a center. I'm a giant moving, you know, not even, I'm a slow yeah. moving target because everyone knew I had to stay right there. Yeah. You <laughs> and Tom played. I was taking knees to my yeah. chest. Because Tom's <laughs> our power forward. And then we have at small forward, David's brother, and then shooting guard and guard is myself and David, which I think I might have David run the point more than me because I kind of definitely want to shoot more this year. You know, you, I you know, with you having the ball, you can decide to shoot it. Yeah, but here's the thing with that. Like, I always tried to get people going, and that was always the struggle. Is that, like, after a while, like, Tom didn't want to run. Before. All right, how about this? I'll pull Jackie Moon, get in the post. Ball. No, back out, back out, back no, out. Back out. I'm feeling it, I'm feeling it. $5 since Jackie misses this shot. Sweet sugar. Frankly, our goal, Traveling. Our goal is not – First of all, we're only looking for one win to begin with. Yeah, like, just one win out of ten. All I want is fourth place. If we go one and nine, I don't even know how many teams are going to be in this league, but if we have ten teams and we end up in the top eight, I think we go to playoffs. So we just oh, have to be no. in the top eight. I might be taking a dive and pulling a Jackie Moon, tackling our own teammates. No! <laughs> we don't even got corn dogs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, a score, and let's win, but not by too much. <laughs> What do you mean by too much, Jackie? Run the place. Corn, Corn dogs. dogs. Corn dogs? Yeah, if we score more than 125 points, everybody here gets corn dogs. I got to tell you, Monix, we ain't even got corn dogs. <laughs> I love that movie so much. It's such a good, it's one of those Will Ferrell movies that just fit. It just worked on top. And also, you can't go wrong with Woody Harrelson. That guy's just no, hilarious. Can't. I'll say that was a combination of personalities that just also Rob Riggles in that one. People forget that. Uh, um, he was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Rob Corddry also in there as the, the boyfriend who's dating oh, Monix's. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I was, yeah. was really into Monix being back into his <laughs> girlfriend there. That was so weird. <laughs> it's just such a weird movie. Um, also, like one of the early debuts of Andre 3000 becoming an actor with Coffee Black. I'd say we're going to use air quotes on actor. Actor, yeah, I know. <laughs> he did do really a good job in that uh, Jimi Hendrix movie. But yeah. I don't know, man. Hopefully, we could be like the tropics out there, you know, start off slow, but finish strong. I'm a little sad we did not get that name. Uh, the reason we couldn't get try, I think another team might have it already. Um, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but it'll be fun. You guys will be posted. But yeah. September 29th. It's not too late. If you want to register, play against us. Hey, we take on all challengers. We're like a boxer in the, in the 1900s. Down, but not by too much. Yeah, but not by too much. <laughs> yeah, Got to keep it down. Corn dogs. Corn dogs, check. Hey, Sean, don't you hate that awkward moment when you find out your ex is a lesbian? Yeah, it's the worst, man. I know, right? Like, no one ever anticipates. Like, you don't have a card for it. Like, hey, congratulations on being into chicks now. And you can't help but kind of feel like... Did you so cause it? Was, was I that bad? Or was I that good? That if I was so good that like literally no other man could compare. So she was like, F it. Have to go to women now. No other man's going to match up. 
I'd say this is this is a conversation that uh, I'm not sure which direction we're going with it. He well, did not even give me a cue here, so the I'm, reason, I'm really curious to the see what the topic. The reason is. I asked this <laughs> is because I feel like we end up in a weird predicament where we've dated people in our past, and you know we think of them fondly. Some people have dated people back in high school later to find out that they were a beard in high school for the yep. family. Other people find out later on that it was a nice hookup, but you realize you might have been there, you know, by curious uh, phase in their life. And now they're full fledged, you know, gay or lesbian and nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, the LBGTQ community is something that I really value and appreciate. And I feel if you want to embrace that part of your life, embrace it, be open, be accepting of it and understanding about it. But also understand that there needs to be some discussions you can't just spring that on someone if you've been intimate with them and then have them go oh by the way i'm now i'm officially wanting to tell you that i'm gay i was battling with this confusion while i was with you so then it kind of makes you question yourself like am i just a part of the confusion like or was i that attractive like because it started making me wonder and i'm like am i that feminine looking to where she was like ah close enough about to say yeah that it is a situation that leaves you sitting there questioning quite a bit not just even about yourself but wondering what situation did i just walk into apparently yeah and there's a odd way of trying to maneuver through that and you know for those who aren't familiar with the lbgtq community or uh, you know pretty much they took i'm more amazed you can keep saying those letters in order correctly lbgtq a plus because there's also allies and there's also, you Dude, know, I can't even say more. it once correctly. There's a, it's a large community, but I do value their uh, support. And so remember to vote for Joseph Holper when he does <laughs> run for office. No, but I do, I do appreciate that. And I have friends that are bisexual. I have friends that are lesbian. I have friends that are gay. Um, I've had some of the funniest conversations with transgender males. When I lived in DC, I used to go to a club called, uh, avenue eight and it was they had drag queen nights which are amazing shows probably saw the best britney spears and beyonce um drag shows of my life probably never just maybe seconded um only to probably a share impression which i mean those they were just phenomenal that dolly Here's the thing with not too many dollies. You don't get too many because Dolly's kind of in a league of her own. Yeah, but when you do and she get only them, really only has it, two songs. But the fact of the matter is, usually when you do get them, they are great. But they I, are like spot on. Yeah, but I've never seen it unfortunately firsthand, so I can't comment. But um, there are certain go to drag night yeah. at a country bar, my friend. But there <laughs> are certain statements by those who are kind of a spokesperson, if you will, or like a face to the group. Uh, for instance, Morrissey. You're probably very familiar with Morrissey, very popular artist. Once came out and he said some silly shit. That's how, that's how I could word it. Some some of my gay friends say some silly shit and I laugh and you got to call them out on that. If you're their friend, you will call them out on it because that's what good friends do. They call their friends out on bullshit. And that's the problem that Morrissey didn't have. He has too many yes people around him. Morrissey said this shit and I quote, if all men were gay, there would be no war. You know what? He's right. You want to know why? Because there'd be no people. You can't have people if you're all gay. That's not how it works. And in the words of Harvey Milk, just because they can't make a baby out of it doesn't mean they're going to stop trying. Okay? They're going to keep doing it. 
and that's fine by all means. If you want to putt from the rough, putt See, from I the feel rough. Like this is not so much a, to a topic of, of that particular type of category, more of the mm -hmm. category of stupid people, aka my argument that I've been campaigning for for years, which is just remove all the safety labels off of products and let natural selection take its place. Yeah, I mean the the Darwin of you know survival of the fittest definitely comes we, we, into question. We, we lose the dumb people at that point. Here's the thing too: I always hate that like movies portray this. And I've seen LBGTQ movies that have done it really well to make it to where it's not like, oh, he's the gay best friend. So he has wisdom. Just once I would love for there to be a gay best friend. that's just like, I don't know. Did you try putting a finger in his butt? And it's like, no, yeah, Carl. Carl, we did not do that. Wasn't Mean Girls with the gay friend there? No, but he wasn't dumb. They always like had him be like a wisdom type At guy. Moments. Yeah, he but that's all he needed. Time pretty ditzy. But he also had the moment of she doesn't even go here, which is by far the best <laughs> gay best friend line in all of movies, hands down. Like just the best. Like oh my, you just use it whenever, and it it hits. Even if you've never seen that movie, it hits. <laughs> People love that joke. It works. If you're ever at an office meeting and you're new to the office and you're not quite sure if people know and someone's absent, just go, she doesn't even go here. Guarantee you that office is chuckling their ass off. If not internally. Yeah, internally they're thinking and going, ah, we're going to talk about this later at the water cooler. Did you hear what Carl said? Fucking hilarious. Who's Carl? Doesn't even go here. That's Carl. You all remember him. Also, so I thought of this today. This might be a dark joke. This may hit too close to home for some of you. Um, but I feel this is a perfect description of adulthood. And if you will, I'm going to do my PSA for adulthood. So let me get in yeah, my yeah, this one PSA voice. Too close to home today. This is a public service announcement brought to you by a morning cup of Joe about adulthood. That's right. Adulthood. Do you struggle with adulthood? Are you sitting there eating your microwave dinner? You know, that thing that you put in from your Ziploc bag that was in your lunch that you couldn't quite finish, so you ended up eating it for dinner because, well, hey, it's too expensive to go out to eat, and I don't want to have to order off of Postmates for four times today because Steve is starting to get suspicious. Ultimately, while you're sitting there, you start thinking about all the good times in your past. Sometimes a thought like this may come through your mind, realizing that your crush in second grade is probably struggling with crippling anxiety and a mild form of depression while working a low to middle income paying job just to simply pay back her college debt while trying to enjoy the last few years of her 20s posting things on Instagram, such as Sunday fun day with the girls, mimosas, while going to random pool parties in Las Vegas or Palm Springs. If this is you, you are struggling with adulthood. A proud PSA brought to you by our morning cup of Joe. And I was thinking about this, man, because it popped in my head. Am I hit too close to home? I don't know. Maybe people take it too seriously. I'm in my late 20s. I'm 27. I feel accomplished. I feel like I've done a lot in my, you know, first 27 years of not life. Not all of us are quite so amazing. Um, but I feel like I was accomplished. But I look back on it and go, like, there are times where I don't even think about, like, just even girls I had crushes on. But just guys that I was friends with in grade school that I'm like, I wonder what ever happened to that kid. Like, 
there's a name that luckily my significant other has known me since first grade. So some of these names are familiar. And I just ask her sometimes. I'm like, hey, you ever wonder what happened to Curtis Walker? Yeah, that kid. I have no clue what happened to Curtis Walker. And this is in an era where I can go on Facebook. And unfortunately, he has such a common name. Can't find and he, I literally cannot find a kid. I don't know what happened to him. Um, but Curtis Walker and I were like this. Like we were so close. We had like a bond. He was into the Anaheim Ducks back when they were the Mighty Ducks playing at the pond. Um, funny kid. Um, had a lot of silver teeth. Really bad teeth. Um, but you know, it, I, that was like a majority of my class. There was a kid named Christian who would crack me up. We were talking about this. We were reminiscing. Christian did this weird thing when we were in first grade, when we would go into the bathroom, he would go 10 feet out. Kid had range like curry with peeing. <laughs> he would straight up pee 10 feet away from the urinal. Nothing but net, baby. My babies, nothing but net. Just constantly. And he would walk it closer as it started <laughs> to trickle and we'd have a step. There was like a little baby step for people to get on because like the urinals were too high. They were like, we made adult urinals. We didn't think that kids would attend school here. So they made a step for us. So it's like, oh, I can't reach. I can't make it that high. And Christian just went, F it. Ten feet back, baby. And we just be out. But I wonder, I'm like, what happened to that kid? Does he still pull his pants and his underwear down to his ankles when he's now a grown so man? Me the bathroom etiquette has improved. I would body. hope. I would hope. And another, another part of me hopes it didn't. I hope that he's at an office. Because then you will, you will run into him one day and go, those pants and underwear around his ankles. And he's peeing from 15 feet away. 15 feet out. He's gained range. <laughs> Like, I would love that. That would be oh great. Oh, my God, Curtis. Like, Curtis, what are you doing here? White teeth. Are those new? Or dentures. Proud of you, Curtis. Honestly, but no, I, I find it that when I reminisce on the past, and some of them are a little tragic. So growing up, I had a good family friend. We were very close. Um, both of our moms were named Rosa. Um, they were very close. They worked together at the church with like doing stuff. Um, uh, Rosa Ramos, fantastic woman, um, would help out around the church. My grandfather as well would watch me on occasion with her son, Adrian. We were in the same class. Adrian tragically died at the age of 19. And uh, it took me for a loop for a little bit because it was just so bizarre on how it went down. And it definitely like, I was in college. I just started my freshman year of college. So you heard this news and I was like, man, I remember like being in his house, like literally just talking like and growing up with him. And he was like a really good child, like a uh, magician. Like he would do all the magic tricks. He actually was on the Jay Leno show for it. Oh. So he's really talented young man. It's just a shame that the way things went down. Um, but I started thinking about it and I was like looking back on it. And then some like I had crushes when I was like in junior high and like, you know, you have first kisses and you start wondering. I'm like, oh, I wonder what happened to like, you know, this person who I had my first kiss with and like, you know, that type of stuff. And you find out like their moms now and, you know, the circumstances they're in. And I think it has to be weird for them um, if they like follow me on social media now all these years later and being like, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Those two were both in my graduating class. I got that cheesy photo with them right now. Because <laughs> I had a mustache, glasses, and a Kobe Jufro. Oh, the fro. 
Yeah, that fro was legit, though. That fro we tried to shave off in your sleep at track. Yeah, man. I actually We would have gotten away with it, too, if Benny hadn't stepped on it. Yeah. <laughs> Benny, do you know what's the weirdest thing about that step, too? Cracked my back. Yeah, I remember. I remember. It straight up was like a... Like, he readjusted me with that step, and I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, and then I ended oh, up buzzing my hair anyway. Yeah, but that, that buzz... We had been trying, we had badgered you for weeks on that. Yeah, and we, we were eventually, it. we decided to take matters in our own hands. Yeah. We were going to shave right down the middle of your head, so you had to shave the rest off. Yeah, no, man, I, like, honestly, I had a lot of hair, though. Like, I look back on it, like, some of those photos from high school, I'm like, oh, Jesus, I had, like, way too much hair. Yeah, that and that was hair that refused to be tamed. Yeah, well, because I just, like, honestly would just grow it out. I also, I did start the trend, though, by the time I got to my senior year, because you guys were all finally gone. And I just let it grow. Um, I would wear the mini headbands and I would pull it back. And so I made that a look. The downfall was is the other person who tried to steal it from me was Brandon Confer, who had no hair. He had no long hair. So it just looked fucking weird. Because I was like, what are you fucking doing? Like, you're not even sweating. Like, I have a lot of hair. Why I have did to he pull have the cachet to pull that off to begin with? I even wore a lot of the hair. Yeah. Even if he had it. Yeah. The fact I, matter is, everyone hated that yeah, guy. Yeah. I wore a lot of weird shit that people just went, ah, it's Hulper. And they allowed it, which I think that's my detriment for my whole life, is that I've gotten away with a lot of weird shit by people just going, eh, it's Hulper. And they were okay with it. I don't know. Maybe it's. Maybe it's one of those things. I mean, it could have been worse. You could have been Flanagan, who was wearing sweatpants underneath his shorts because of the whole uh, senior rule. Well, yeah, because you could wear shorts all year. <laughs> that was the whole point. You can't tell a guy that you can wear shorts all year and then not allow him to wear shorts all year. Okay, Even if it is like 40 degrees outside, it'll get warmer. That was the greatest day of my life, watching the dean of discipline try and talk to him about wearing you know, the wrong set of pants. He goes, no, I'm wearing the shorts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, shirts, shirts are the proper ones. Yeah, it's just sweatpants keep me warm. I feel like Flanny missed his calling as a lawyer. You know, that, how how he got out of trouble on so many things off of loopholes. But it's rules. not really, because here's the thing with it. With survey loopholes, they were fairly easy to get around. Yeah, but he could quote the actual rule and then dissect where could I get away with it to the max, where it's yeah. like I am a breath away from actually being expelled. Like, he understood the rules to but that extent. Flanagan also was a talented guy that they didn't want to lose. And that was, like, the one thing that I will say about the private school education system is if you are a commodity to them, they want to keep you happy. Yep. And they will keep you around and will accommodate and do whatever they need to do in order to keep you there. Because they know that they gain something from you. I'm aware I was worth 20 points every track meet. Yeah. So they, <laughs> therefore, I, 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 to this day, don't know how to speak Spanish, even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess who got an A in Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> now, there's certain people like there were guys that straight up were ducked us at our school. Like, did the not... ones that got uh, caught cheating by whispering across a classroom out loud, dude, what? What's two? Dude, yeah. you, you realize the tests are scrambled, right? Oh. What was... Who was the general of the Battle of Waterloo? Yeah. Literally, there were that many Tothadas at our school. But there were some very bright guys, too, that ended up going to Yale and, like, MIT and all these schools. Um, probably the best one, and he was a year after me, 
But I love this kid. He was literally, he got me through AP physics and he was a junior when I was a senior. Um, and his name was Dylan Joss. Uh, Dylan Joss, his dad was a doctor and Dylan Joss was the valedictorian of his class. Um, and he brilliant guy. I think he's actually like a doctor himself now. Um, but yeah, he's a whiz kid, but the best statement he ever made was during his speech as a valedictorian because I had buddies in the class under me and he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to MIT. I'm valedictorian. I also got accepted to Notre Dame. I also got accepted to USC and he laid out hats like they do for the athletes <laughs> and he put on the MIT one and he's like, but this one fit right, but that's not going to matter. Why? Because I went to Servite the year they won state. And that's all that really matters, isn't it? That I was in the year that we won it all. And that's really, when you think about it, kind of what it boils down to. It's I'll say, the one thing we all the definitely... accolades. Well, let's face it, man. The one thing we always boil down to is not what colleges we went to or what jobs we have. It's, you know, let's face it, Servite itself, it is its own fraternity. We all called bullshit initially when we got there. Yeah, and but it does. And turn they away. start preaching to you about how, no, it's a fraternity. You will yeah. have these lifelong... We're still sitting yeah. here talking. Yeah, I've helped guys get you know jobs that, yeah. frankly, I wasn't too sure about them, but they were Servite alums. So I was like, yeah. Oh yeah, no, I've helped out people. Like when I find out, like, oh, you have a kid that goes Servite, like, yeah, let's help you out. Like, what can we do? Um, and it's fun to where you know it's it's always a good thing. You want to see people from your alum like do well, and you also want to see the kids there do well. Um, you know, it's trying to support them, trying to, you know, encourage them to be that next generation that can make a change. I do like the fact that they've gone away from a lot of the stuff that they allowed us to do. We did get away with a lot. I, I like the direction they've taken the freshman formation thing. Yeah. Where it's an actual unifying thing, whereas we did. I was the last year that didn't have it. Yeah, well, I was the first year that did have it. And it was... And we mocked you guys relentlessly. Well, yeah, well, because I think anytime <laughs> you're the first at anything at that school... Um, it definitely goes through a lot. Like I was also in our pilot program for like computers and bringing in the technology tablet, for students and, and all that. And that was a whole other round. And it was one of those where I realized I'm like more and more the opportunities they gave me were just like, we're trying to get me to be successful. And there were times too, to where like coach Gibbs at one point during my junior year was like, you should take this meeting with Marquette university. And I actually had to sit through like a full like pitch by their coaches on why Wisconsin is a great place to be. Don't you like cheese? Yeah. Don't you love cheese in winter and white people? <laughs> like you'll totally stand out. <laughs> Dude, the greatest day of my life was that UCLA meeting. That was I, I was so yeah, stoked. Those are fun, man. And that's the thing. I will say, being a student athlete, the one perk of it is you get out of a lot of classes because of meetings. Like, even in college, you get out of a lot of classes because of meetings. Like, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Because it's like, oh, you got to go talk with this person. Yeah, coach says so. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> coach said you got to be out of this class right now. And also, I will say for me, I don't know. I look back on it and I go, yeah, I guess I had a pretty privileged life. Um, but my parents also busted their ass for it. It wasn't like I grew up in, like, I didn't grow up in poverty. But my parents were very frugal. My mom was very like, if we're spending money, we're spending it on the right things. About to say, my parents worked hard and, and, and sacrificed everything for yeah. not just me, but my, my other siblings. I yeah. mean, it was 
you know, looking back, I can't help but go, jeez. Like, my dad at one point was working two jobs. Yeah, no, I look at it and I go, like, my I had a dual-income household with both of my parents working um, very hard. And I look back on it and go, like, yeah. Like, I think when I was younger, I kind of just took it as, like, yeah, that's, you know, just the reality. Like, you know, I have both parents working. I lived in suburbia of Buena Park. I went to private school, K through 12. Um, it, I never in my mind thought I may not go to college. That was never like a fear of mine. It was never like, oh, maybe I got to join the service. Um, I, for me, it was like I knew I was going to college. I knew within like the first month of my senior year of where I was going and like already committed and just went, I'm going to be there. That's going to be my college. I'll be fine. I'm going to major in English. I'll do this. Um, but then I think like really college hit me a lot harder because I was 17 when I started. So that's like, I think was my college is a shock to special. I wanna, almost want to say, especially for guys that were in Catholic school and all that. Yeah. Cause it's so structured. Yeah. College is such a free for all. It is. And you have to learn to all of a sudden, Oh shit. It's no longer, it's no longer the structure yeah. that I have to, I well, just need I, to follow. Yeah. Now you need to actually manage your time. Yeah. Cause academically I'd never struggled. Like that was never a worry for me. Um, I've always been one to where, like, if you put a book in front of me, I can memorize it. I can pass tests. I had trouble with, like, morning classes because I mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you know, the whole attendance really didn't matter for a lot. Yeah. And so, like, I got away with it. Yeah. In, in, in my time. But that's primarily just because, you know, not to toot my own horn mm-hmm. here, but I'm a rather smart guy. Yeah. But I also feel like for the degrees that we went after, like I went after English. You know what being an English I'm still working for mine to be honest. You know what being an English major is though? It's literally going to college to join a fucking book club. Yeah, pretty much. That's all it is. You're literally in a giant book club for four years. I told you that my, yeah. my oldest sister has an English. Yeah, degree. I minored in radio TV film literally as a joke. Because friends of mine were like, yeah, we film movies on the side and like you could take acting classes. So I was like, yeah, why not? And I would just do my sticks. So I would do and then like do their movies. And I was in so many of them that they went, hey, you've been in these classes. You've done these movies. You've earned enough to earn a minor in radio, TV, film. Do you want it? And I was like, I, I guess. Do I have to do anything more? They're like, except take one more class. And I was like, all right, sure. Um, frankly, I don't know what I would... Besides this, this is the only thing I do that's related to it. That relates to English well, and radio TV. To be fair, man, if you ha- didn't have a freaking PlayStation, we could you could be on my stream for, uh, for I, I don't do Xbox. The reason I don't do Xbox are the whole, like, supreme, you know, gamer race. The, ma- the master race. Yeah, of having... PC. It's so ridiculous that people are like, oh, I, I only play PC games. That's, that's all I do. I'm, I'm better than you. Like me, I play a PS4. Why? Because I'm a simpleton. I play sports games and I watch Netflix off of it. And I have my 30 for 30 films that I watch. Because I know Bo. They say I don't know Bo. I know Bo. I know him. <laughs> Seen the movie enough times. I know Bo. About to say, I, I, I give Pat smack just because he does get very passionate about the PC Master Race. He does. I have an Xbox primarily because I can only afford one system. And the games on Xbox are the ones I like. I like Halo. See, here's the thing. I never really got into those games. But we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit more. But also, I don't even know where we started with this one. Uh, I believe it was with the oh, LGBT. About, uh, yeah. So just, but yeah. Like, <laughs> we I mean, went on a tangent, people. I'm sorry. We did. This happens. <laughs> just go with it. 
You guys can break these down later into different segments for yourself. I don't care. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's weird. Christian peace from far away. That was a good bit. Uh, that's a true story, too. I can't make that stuff. Here's the worst part. I, I can't help but hear this and immediately think, you've seen that meme where it's like the stick figure and he pees <laughs> over his head backwards and it says no and it says underneath it, I don't care. If any man yeah. can pull that off, they deserve to be able to pee like that. Right? <laughs> uh, but no, it's like certain things that go down like in our past. Um, and I look back on it and I go, man, like there's a lot of photos from me. Then these will be out on social media. Trust me. My mom sent me some photos of me in the past. Um, I actually think I might have one. I'm going to pull it up. We're, we'll continue on in the next segment because I also want to talk about like video games and our childhood with that. And how it kind of shaped us a little bit because I feel certain games definitely kind of gave us a soundtrack to be really into for a while, yep. as well as the way we kind of communicate with each other, whether it be through like quotes from those games or just interactions. So we'll get into that after this break. I got to pay for this coffee. So let's pay for this coffee. So we're back. We uh, previously left you guys talking about soundtracks from video games and how it shaped our childhood and just games in general that we played as kids. I mean, personally, anytime I go down on a girl in my head, I still do the and it's just a fun thing. I think of Mario. It's always fun. Sometimes when you diddle, you got to go. It's just good times or fun beats. I don't know who came up with those, but that man is a genius. Whoever came up with the soundtracks for the Mario Brothers, like Super Smash Brothers, brilliant. Brilliant guy. That guy, soundtracks, get stuck in your head. Water level. I'll say water level, Super Mario 64. He literally, all he had to say was soundtracks from our, you know, from games in our childhood. Really popped in my head. And I'm just like, oh, that's a soothing sound. <laughs> right. It was such a mellow song. I played in that level where you could die at any point in time. No, it's <laughs> certainly one to where there's so many ways. And like, it's not even just like the songs in the background of things but also like soundtracks when they start getting in games like i remember playing nba live 2004 simply for that soundtrack because they had outcast in it they had the brat in it i think they also had soldier boy they had like, a lot of really good ones yes yeah, so they had chingy that's what they had not soldier but they had chingy with the right thorough remix for basketball and it would have like the guys dribbling as like their sequence during it but, oh, man, dude, I love that game. I played that. I was Kurt Heinrich in that game with the Bulls. Oh, God. I dropped 130 points in a game with Kurt Heinrich alone. With, with, with that white boy? Yeah, dude. Threes for days. Guy was a beast from three. I'd say I had a – was it NBA 216 or was it 15? One where the, the opening was uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the basketball. It was my favorite. favorite sport. I like the way – also, can we just acknowledge the fact that 80s rap is – hilarious also rather impressive if you really think impressive about it. but also let's say everyone sounded like this i went to the hat to get the hat store yeah i went to the hat store <laughs> yeah is it really any different than today's rap or i mean it beats the mumbling <laughs> but the mumbling or there literally was just saying the n-word repeatedly here's, here's the thing biggie smalls tupac both dead probably the two best stories. name another guy who has the swagger of Pac. And name another dude who could be that fat, black, and ugly and still have women want to sleep with him, like Biggie. The, the dude from D12? 
<laughs> he doesn't count. Does, that's like saying E40. E40? I don't know. You, the fact that we have to think and stretch that far to go, I mean, kind of. I mean, like, the dude's darker than Wesley, fatter than the fat boys, and he sounded like, he sounded like you couldn't, like, after a while, I, he sounded like he was eating his own self. Pretty sure he was. Because he just got that big, He man. was Pizza the Hut, man. Dude, he was. It was just <laughs> bad, man. But ultimately, those soundtracks, like, also, you know which one had a really great soundtrack? Madden 2005, the one with Ooh. Ray Lewis on the cover. Such a good soundtrack. Really good gameplay, too. Wasn't that the one where they introduced the uh, quarterback vision? Where you... Yeah, where you could scope. And it also, because um, it was right after 04, where, like, the incomparable Michael Vick just, like, literally beast mode it is. I had more fun playing as Brady at that point because I would, because his vision was so massive. In 05, '05 it was, like, Roethlisberger's, um, Brady's, and maybe, like, two other guys. Breeze. Yeah, Breeze. Just the whole It was, like, the entire field, so I never even had to move the vision. I would literally start running to the right and then just press the button for the freaking receiver on the left knowing it would connect. You know what my favorite would be, though, is, like, the levels you would play on if you played with the worst quarterbacks, like oh my god, that thing was so hard. Was the vision so was like <laughs> the vision was like literally like I played as Vince Young. It was a suffer. You're just running at that point. It's just to scramble, just scramble. You're not gonna pass. Like no, you're not gonna. If you're gonna pass, it's not gonna be accurate. It's just gonna be thrown in the vicinity of a player, and you hope they catch it. Let's uh, say so I remember. I think it was. 2009. Yeah. I played as I'm a Titans fan. So I played as my Titans, as Vince Young. Yeah. That, I had to thread the needle for every freaking pass because that vision was mm-hmm. so small. It's like even they knew back then, like, oh, this guy's not making it. You know <laughs> what I miss about those games, though, was that the connection to the college level of the game. And we, t- we hinted about this when we were talking about the whole name, image, and likeness with the NCAA. I, as much as I appreciate Ed O'Bannon. And winning the national championship for UCLA. Great basketball player. Not much of a pro career. You know, also in the same draft with guys like Shaquille O'Neal, Alonzo Mourning, Christian Leighton. Just not fair. <laughs> uh, well, actually, not in that same draft. Which draft was he? Who's in a 96 draft with Kobe? Also with not Kobe, fair. Kobe, uh, Allen Iverson, all those guys. Wasn't McGrady in that one? Yeah, McGrady's in there. <laughs> Stephon Marbury was in that one. Starberry? Yeah, and he ended up going like ninth. He was drafted ninth. Um, but just didn't have the career that people thought he was going to have. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it happens. It happens, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, who's to say that, like, Kobe, Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, and all, all these, these guys. All these, you know, especially Kobe and then Nowitzki, like, these weirdos. One's a college or a high school kid, and the other one's this weird guy from Germany. Germany yeah, it's like, <laughs> and they're both, like, around 17 to 19 years old. And the German looked like he came straight out of Mervyn's ad. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, he probably was more of, like, a Nordstrom's ad-looking guy since Christian Leitner. Like, they both, like... If they, I think the only guy that looked more like a Nordstrom's Mervyn's guy was Tim Duncan. Tim, Tim, and he kept that look Tim, his entire Tim career. Tim Duncan looked like he literally shopped at Ross Dress for less. For He wore Birkenstock sandals in an MVP photo with the commissioner. <laughs> you have the guy who runs the whole thing, and he's like, Birkenstock's... <laughs> long jean shorts and a plaid shirt like he straight up i have a cheesy photo of myself he wore a plaid shirt like this 
Like this type of blonde shirt. I know. It was so, it's such a bad look. And people were just like, And he oh. wore it proudly. He did. He didn't even care. He was like, I'm going to win more of these. So <laughs> doesn't I'll matter. Get a, I'll get a better photo one of these yeah. times, I'm sure. One of these times I might wear a suit. Who knows? Then there's like, that's where it almost stood out even more is the one with him and the Admiral there. You have the Admiral fucking dressed to the nine. Yeah. Going, I won it finally. Then there's Duncan like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> I'm here, guys. Uh, like, I won MVP for this one. Uh, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I used to be a swimmer. <laughs> that's literally has to be his mindset. I'm like, I was a swimmer, and then I went to Wake Forest, and they went, you're 7-1. Shoot a basketball. <laughs> and then he made a career out of it for As Mr. Years. Fundamental. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, if you start the game that late in your career, you all all you focus on is fundamentals. That or the three, if you're yeah. talking about today's game. Well, today's game is the three. That's all it is. It's a shame. But I think there's like, and that's also another thing. So I appreciated NBA Live more than I liked NBA 2K, probably up until NBA 2K12. Can we not recall the greatness of Blitz? Oh, yeah. Blitz or um, what was the other one besides Blitz and NFL Street and NBA Street? Oh, those were great. NBA Street was great because it kind of had a storyline, but the storyline literally was you have Jordan for like 95 percent. You kind of had to. Game. The whole point of that game was to get Jordan. Yeah, well, no, you have Jordan at the start of it. I don't recall. I thought you had to earn him no, like after you, the first level. You have Jordan, and like literally, it's like one on one game where you go to eleven and you have him. And then, like, and it's or it's three on three, and you can like choose any team. So it's like, of course, you're gonna pick the Lakers, and you're gonna have Kobe, Shaq, and Jordan, and Jordan, and you just run shot through the entire <laughs> game. And then it's like, oh, and then at the very end, once you picked up all the street guys, like all five of the street guys that are there, and you can only play with three of them. Let's pick. Can we not at least admit what it was? It was a blatant ripoff of bas- uh, backyard basketball. It was. It was, but. Really, the only I love. I think, how they I think like that could have been Yao Ming because it was made in 01, and they're like, "This guy is out of San Francisco, but he's seven foot six, <laughs> and he's from China, <laughs> playing in San Francisco. He's not Yao Ming. <laughs> not no, he's not. He's Ming Yao. Totally different guy. That high ping. Yeah, so ridiculous of how they did it. And then it was like another dude who was straight up out of like. An extra from Eight Mile, like just the most ridiculous. We play it out in Detroit, so it's like you play him and the Detroit Pistons, like in the same like court. Yeah, there were definitely some some interesting characters there. There were uh, the one, and then like you have the old school dude who's supposed to be like pretty much he is the influence of Uncle Drew. It's like the Doctor J type guy who was like super old. Uh but yeah, like they were just fun games though, and they were mindless. Those were are games easy. that we can put in right now and still and would play. still play, and it brings back good memories. I remember playing those with Edward Valoria and Carl Paul over a summer in Anaheim. We would just go to each other's houses and we would play NBA Street. You know, and when Volume Two came out, we lost our goddamn minds. You know what we could do? Throwback we, games, throwback games of which we could actually record, but we need a PC for it. Um, yeah, because then we could hook the, the systems into the PC and, sh- and record through that. You know which one I've always wanted to play um, again, and I did for a little while. I used to love playing WWF, and that's right, WWF. I don't deal with this WWE crap. 
But WWF SmackDown, know your role. Did you ever play that one? No, but I, I was more of a fan of the Def Jam game. Def, yeah, Def Jam <laughs> was good. Um, but I loved playing that because I loved playing with Kurt Angle because he was the only guy who actually did like legitimate wrestling moves in the game. Not like, oh, I'm going to do a people's elbow for the ninth time. like Or Mr. Sacco here. Um, I also love that they would give the warnings of like, do not try this at home. Yet there's so many backyard wrestlers. Let's say YouTube is filled up with half of their videos of people doing that at home. Yeah, it's like that's literally all Complete it was. Complete with the uh, the one where I, I'm pretty sure that dude snapped his back in half where he went off the roof with mm -hmm. his buddy into the table and both are just screaming on the mm -hmm. ground. That's insane, but I miss playing those games because the common games now, NBA 2K19 is damn near a movie. To just play a say, It's irritating because if you make a pass, you know, pass it to the wrong guy or mm -hmm. take a shot because you're open. Yeah. God forbid. Then you have Kobe Bryant talking to you after the game in the locker room going, I know you were excited, but you shouldn't have taken that shot. Next time you're in that position, pass me the ball. Or it's like just so bizarre that it's like a whole storyline of like, well, you start in the G League and then you got to go through it and you, you got to get to the main game. And, and then now they have it for the ladies in the yeah. NBA 2K20. Where now they have the WNBA, which is like, first of I all... I still maintain that is the worst idea ever, because if, who watches the WNBA to begin with? You know what? This is my argument for the WNBA. A friend of mine once said this to me. He's like, you know what, man? They got rid of the NBA. Bet you a lot more people will start watching the WNBA. Here's my argument against it. No, they won't. Michael Jackson's been dead for 10 years. You think one person said when Michael died, man, I'm glad Michael died. Now I can listen to all that Jermaine Jackson and Janet Jackson music I've been missing out on. Nah, see, he, and this is, you actually have it, a legit argument mm -hmm. against them. They're played at the different times of the year. You mm -hmm. realize their freaking championship was not that long ago? The WNBA, and yet no one knew about it. We were at the gym two days ago. WNBA game was going on. Literally looked like a high school game I played in at the pace it was going and just at the amount of fans that were there. It was it was pretty sad. It's like the WNBA, I mean, let's let, let, let's put credit where credit is due. These women who run circles around us. Yeah. And probably beat our entire team with just one person. But but I don't want that out of professional sports. Yeah. A professional I want to see someone should, Yeah. I want the showmanship. Also, here's the thing. I hate when people make the argument of like, well, I mean, you, you got to be fair. You got to pay them at the same rate. No, no, we don't. I have. Done. And the reason you don't have to pay them at the same rate is they're like, well, they're, they're playing the same sport. It's the same amount of deeds worked and everything. No, it's not. It's not. And the reason I say it's not is because of this. If that were the case, then we wouldn't need a WNBA. We wouldn't need a women's league. You know what we would have? A league. That's what it would be. And I'm not saying this as like, oh, equity and equality and they all get paid the same. Yeah, they should get paid the same. If you're good enough to play basketball at a professional level across the board, no more different leagues, just straight up basketball. If you're the best woman, best male, doesn't matter. You get out there and you play and you yeah. represent it. That's all you need. I don't need this separation. Same with soccer. Soccer is one of those sports you can play. NFL, I'm sitting there looking at Carly Lloyd. Great she, kicker. she wants to play in the NFL as a kicker. You know me. I have a tendency of being I'm, – I'm very hard on the women's mm -hmm. soccer team in general. I personally mm -hmm. feel their arguments are a little invalid. But anyways, with her, she picked a sport that 
there is actually no rules against women being there in the isn't. league. So she picked a sport. She picked with knowing that she cannot take on a 300-pound mongoloid. No, let's but go she's for a kicker. kicker. So I was like, power to you. I personally, her, her comments going like, oh, the pressure's the same. I'm like, no, it's a little different. Yeah. The difference is in women's soccer, if you come home with the silver as a women's team, we just go, oh, good for you, lady. You did a good you, job. You come home from the Super Bowl missing the freaking game-winning field goal. You get run out of a city. Someone should show her the garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon with the incomparable Tony Danza to have her know the pressures of being an NFL quarterback, or not quarterback, a kicker. Um, being a quarterback is just a whole different level of pressure, unless if you're like Joe Cool Montana pointing out, hey, look. We got uh, got John Candy in the stance. All right, I'm going to win the Super Bowl now. <laughs> like, what? Joe, what's the play? Uh, John Candy's out there. You guys see him. Jerry, just run far. I'll, I'll get it to I'll, you. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. <laughs> It'll happen. Clark, you able to jump? Yeah, we'll make it happen. <laughs> I'll say, I mean, yeah, Joe, Joe Montana was a different animal together and to mm-hmm. the point where even Tom Brady, who... I mean, he's actually a fairly humble guy, to be honest, but he's never been shy about his own greatness and legacy. He has six straight, rings. Straight up said, even with his six rings, nope, Montana. Yeah. That's the goat. Montana is, oh, I think every goat says that too. Like, Kobe will never say he's the greatest. Like, he hints at it, but he'll never flat out say it. He still says Jordan, frankly. Yeah, everyone will say Jordan. And if you think about it, the way the game is globally, yeah, I, I don't know why people always think it has to be a guard, but Jordan changed the game for it to be a guard's game. And that's just how basketball is. I say it was a center's game. It was a that. center's game prior to Jordan. If you think about it, like guys like Kareem, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell, three of the biggest names. You didn't really, like, yeah, Jerry West is the logo, but that's because he was probably the best white guy in the league when they were making the logo. <laughs> you think we're going to go with the black guy? Come on. You got to go with the white guy who looks like he's literally doing a weird dance move while dribbling up the court. Yeah, of all the spots that they, they, that they picked, they picked that one. I never quite understood that. It's an awkward one, but he's a logo for a reason, man. Let's see how he does with the Clippers this year. Crazy offseason for him. He, he, he's already been working his magic for two years on them. I know, right? So we'll see what goes down. But I know. I, I miss these old games, though. What would you say is your favorite game? I had from any console from, yeah. from childhood. Oh, that is a tough one. But just for the sheer amount of joy and hours I could put into it, mm-hmm. it's still got to be Super Mario 64. That was a game that, honestly, like, even... So I played that game initially when I had tore up my knee mm-hmm. uh, and was stuck in a brace my entire summer. Could mm-hmm. not go outside. It was like a million degrees. Mm-hmm. Couldn't go to the pool. Couldn't do anything. And at that point, it was either video games or I was going out and playing sports. Yeah. So I guess what Sean was doing during the summer. Started off with Banjo-Kazooie. That was actually a pretty fun game. Yeah. And then moved on to that. Because my sisters had actually played that game first. Because it came Mm -hmm. with the console. Yeah. And I I was told not to touch it at that point. But you get to a certain level of boredom. You're like, yeah, that's nice. It's just Mm -hmm. erase the game and go. Yeah. It took me all summer to beat that game. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't for a lack of it stuck or anything. There's just so much to do in that game. Oh, yeah. the, the sheer amount of paintings you had to jump into. I will say the game that, and I think it's because it also had a little sense of like 
Yeah, people don't want you to play this game, but I'm playing it. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> I love playing that game. I only played that game when I had the cheat codes just because I had fun seeing how high the heart I get the stars. It was so ridiculous on like the amount of cheat codes that were in that game. The Harrier, the tank. They literally you had a jetpack yep. in that game. It was ridiculous. You could also it was the first game of Grand Theft Auto that you could swim. So to get away from the cops, you could like jump into the water and not immediately die. Bye. So that was always fun about it. But it was also they had a great soundtrack. It had all like NWA and Ice Cube and all those songs. So and it was set in like kind of an LA setting. So I'm like, oh, I was the first one that wasn't in New York. Where they're all like trying to be mobsters or like a Miami Vice theme. Yeah, no, this was that was that that was a game changer. Wow. What a great one. I love it. Well, by far. One of my favorite games of playing. I still will play it to this day. Sorry, I'm laughing. Your dog is protecting the butt. Dude, my yeah. <laughs> when mama falls asleep, dude, she like falls asleep. Dude, I think my daughter's in the butts. <laughs> like she'll fall asleep on my butt, fall asleep on her butt. I think she just has a thing for butts. It was quite Yeah, bizarre. her head is on your butt. <laughs> she does not care, man. Sorry, I really didn't mean to interrupt, but I'm still laughing at the fact that this no, dog yeah. is asleep with her head resting on her butt. No, nah, dude, my dog's, a, my dog's a butt girl. Whoa. Which leads to the last part of this with <laughs> soundtracks. If you ever have time, ladies and gentlemen, and you want to listen to a great breakup line, listen to Big Butts by LL Cool J. <laughs> he has a line in this song. I shit you not. Okay, if I swallowed a string, I would shit you not. His line goes, I know I said I would be true, but Tina has got a big old butt, so I'm leaving you. That is a level of honesty and lyricism that can go un- Contested, unchallenged, just it wins. It went. Mama knocked you out with that line. That's what he did. It's a great line because it was so much honesty that, like, what? Like, and I feel like the woman in the music video didn't even need to act. That's just like a natural reaction of, like, wait, what? what? Uh, and then just left because it's like it was so straightforward to where it's like that was his drop the mic. Yeah, it's like, what else do you want me to tell you? Um, yeah, you're attractive, and I know I said I'd be with you forever, but this chick's a lot hotter and has a greater ass, so I'm leaving you. So, if you want to pack your shit later, get it. I think you should do that for everything. It's like, hey, uh, I know I said I'd be true, but your mom's kind of a cunt, so I'm leaving you. <laughs> like, just, just fill in whatever you need. It's like, hey, uh, I know I said I would always be true, but... You didn't do the dishes for the past four weeks, and you're cooking shit, so I'm leaving you. And just throw it in wherever. He just does that for everything. Your voice drives me insane, so I'm leaving you. So I'm leaving you. Just just whatever you need. LL Cool J there, just eating a goddamn apple or peach or whatever he was eating in that music video. I think it was an apple. I think it was an apple, too. Just says straight up there, just walks in with that, just (laughs) bite out of the apple. Yeah, I know he said, uh, shot was gonna be true. But uh, he slept with your sister last night, and it was a lot better, so he's leaving you. Don't worry. He'll still be around. 
Don't worry, family out. Ah, it'll be fine. Yeah, family gatherings won't be awkward at all. You know what I always found really weird? And we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit too. Have you ever seen the movie Rudy? Yeah. I think we can probably touch on it in this segment. Um, in the movie Rudy, his brother ends up with his ex-fiance. I am well aware of that. That is so fucked up. And I've lived in Indiana. That's like a normal thing. People do that shit. Like they'll marry within families because there's only so many people out there. I was about to say, to be, I was about to point that out. I was like, aren't yeah. the populations pretty low They're out there? They're pretty low. But even then, it's like, Jesus, man. Like he was clearly going to marry her. And then it's like, ah, I wasn't ready to commit. I had my goals of going to Notre Dame. And well, how dare you improve yourself? Yeah. How dare you try to get out of here? You know what he ends up doing now? He's like a motivational speaker. Didn't he lost all his money. He went bankrupt. Yeah. He also got in trouble from what I recall. Yeah. He, he had a messed he, up. He, he did something. He did. Well, he ended up having to file for bankruptcy. He also was like involved in some like fraud Ponzi say, scheme wasn't, stuff. Wasn't there like an insider, tra- insider trading? Yeah. There was some crazy it? stuff going down. Doesn't make his story it doesn't make his story any less inspiring, but yeah. You know what is really a good inspiring story though? And they came out with the 30 for 30 for it. Was this uh, kid from Hawaii goes to Notre Dame as a walk-on as a kicker, just proves himself and ends up dominating, becomes the starting kicker for the University of Notre Dame. Way better story, because Rudy's kind of a whiny bitch. Rudy tried pretty hard though. Rudy. Yeah, he was a try hard, but he was a whiny bitch for everything. It's like I just want to make my dad happy. Oh, hey, rest of the team. I really just wish like one dude. Oh, this was the best story. Joe Montana came out about it. The goat. He ended up saying this shit. He was like, "Yeah, I was on that Notre Dame team that Rudy was on. They carried him off of the field, ironically, like as a fucking joke." <laughs> and it was like, "Yeah, like that was like the whole like ending of Rudy is like, and they carried me off the field. I was the only person to be carried off since Newt Rockney." Ironically, they were like, "Yeah, this guy got two tackles. No one cares about this fucker." Like, they're no matter risk. He still doesn't. What, yeah. Ironic or not, they still carry they him still off. Did it. Yeah, and it was like, "Oh my god!" Like that was done as a joke. Like, are you kidding me? That's insane. But no, I love that that was the story. He he told it like I forget which show. I think it was like the Rich Eisen show. But oh my god, it was like the funny. If you have the means and time to just take a day to just like listen to Joe Montana talk shit on Rudy and like just the amount of like people that like love Rudy. And I I love the movie. I still think it's inspiring. I do agree, but it's definitely one of those movies where I'm like, ah, when you know the whole story around it, Rudy's not as inspiring as we want him to be. But I don't know. Maybe I digress. Maybe people, you know, I'm not saying See, when you went 30 for 30, I thought you were going to go for that. Uh, the, the joke one they, they they like briefly did was like a two minute one of Shane Falco footsteps Falco from Ohio State. Oh yeah, the, I really thought you were going the there 30, with that one. We can go into those. I love those. Those are hilarious. And I actually have a really good one for you. So when you guys come back, you'll get a thirty for thirty by Joseph and Sean that you guys are going to be looking forward to. <laughs> Well, that concludes the episode of A Morning Cup of Joe. We hope that you guys enjoyed it and that it kept you uh, entertained for the time you needed. For those of you who were maybe listening to us while driving, hopefully you got to your destination safely. For those of you who were listening to us during work, hey, thanks for that. We appreciate it. We know you could be doing your job, but listening to us has to be a little bit more entertaining. And uh, for those of you who were listening to us while you were taking a shit, 
was a really long shit, man. Go see a doctor. That is not safe, man. Seriously, go go talk to someone. That's not good. But uh, overall, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We had a good time making it. We had fun with it. So, you know, tell your friends. Tell your parents. Let them know. It's fun, mature content that they can listen to. We have a good time. We hopefully uh, made you laugh. And hopefully you guys keep uh, listening. We got a lot of hope here. That's why it's a cup of Joe with Joseph Holper. So hopefully you guys have it a good day and get out there, make the world better.